Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people it gives me a lot of hope if you liked locatora before you're gonna love season nine subscribe to our show and you'll see why locatora is your prima's favorite podcast listen to locatora radio as part of the michael Cultura podcast network available on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Ladies and gentlemen, you want experience during your football season? Well, buckle up, sweet cheeks. That's all we need. We've got all the experience in the world. This is I Want Your Flex with Dan Beyer and Mike Harmon. Mike and Dan break down everything you need to set your lineups. From position rankings to starts and sits, the guys help you make those hard decisions. And now... Let's get your flex on. Here's Dan Beyer and Mike Harmon. It is the premiere edition of the official fantasy football podcast. I want your flex. He is Mike Harmon. I'm Dan Beyer. I guess I just repeat everything that was said in the intro. That's one of the uh, the things that, I, that I've got, got to learn as we enter this new endeavor, Mike. But I guess there's a lot of learning going on as we enter a 
NFL season that I have no idea what to expect. And when it comes to fantasy football, I think I know things. But, man, this this is going to be a crazy, crazy 2020. And uh, I'm just ready for some normalcy in our life that we can finally talk about fantasy football. Well, you know me, I've celebrated every iteration of college football. I've watched probably five high school games in their entirety. <laughs> uh, I, wa- I drove down the street the other day. Some kids were throwing footballs back and forth. There was no semblance of order to it at all and said, I want to watch them. And then I ranked them. That guy's first. <laughs> that guy's got an extra two inches, so he's got a little bit of reach on him. So he's uh, the number two seed, and then we go from there. But, no, it's, it is a season – like, I hate the phrase unprecedented times. I think it's overused, overblown, and I feel like you need to put $5 like it's a swear jar. But we call it what it is for this NFL season. All the efforts to try to keep things normal going back to the draft and doing that virtually Roger Goodell and his fireside chats and all of those things that you had to do to try to make it work zoom calls instead of on field work you know no mini camps no preseason games all of it going into a big opener with the defending champs and that's the only thing you can say they're the defending champs and we expect them to be good again everything else is a roll of the dice and wishing wanting and hoping there there does seem to be a a thought process process by the way i would start the kid with the checkered vans loafers because that's a good point yeah he had he had you know a great catch radius that you were watching when you look at what happened last year and you Chiefs win the Super Bowl against the 49ers. One of the things that I do in fantasy football, and I think other people do as well, is you try to look back at last year, but it's really kind of the maybe the final month of the season. Maybe when certain teams are starting to look ahead for the next year, there are some names that can pop up that maybe you can grab and and consider be considered sleepers because of how they performed or the action that they saw in the last four weeks. Now, when you look at what we've had this offseason, more and more in talking to people associated with the NFL and dealing with these training camps and the insiders, there is so much weight and emphasis put on continuity and what happened last season that it seems like in the NFL and what is unpredictable, and usually we have three teams in to the playoffs new and three teams dropping out. Of course, this year we have seven in each conference. But the continuity that we could see from last year to this year is one thing that I think people expect. So I think when you look back at those last couple of weeks of of the NFL season and maybe see some names that just weren't familiar, those are things that you could carry over because we don't have any basis on figuring out, all right, this is how this is going to play out. We don't even have a preseason game where you can say, I watched so-and-so in the fourth quarter of that Jets-Giants annual preseason classic, and I really liked what he was – like, you can't even do that. And so so when you're trying to get any information – This season, I think so much when you're trying to draft and you're looking back, it it is going to provide more opportunity because I just don't know how much teams could actually make big strides this offseason. Yeah, I think when we get into these first couple of weeks, we'll see that uh, that gap even bigger, right? Dan, we we talk about, uh, as as we've analyzed the the NBA, and, and certainly most notably in the NFL, where you're trying to get that continuity in your coaching staff, in the system that you're running and we've seen guys who've just been bounced around and 
well, we'll wonder if they ever get a shot for any semblance of normalcy. I'm looking at you, Josh Rosen. Sorry that you know you had to hit the waiver wire again, but just just that idea. And we we know that winning organizations you don't have huge turnover. We look at Pittsburgh; they may not be there in the championship hunt every year, but you know they're fighting for a playoff spot. The Ravens in the same division. We know about Belichick and company. Other teams are trying to find that Seattle, your Seahawks, right? Everything else is so topsy-turvy in terms of coaching staffs being upended, the front offices and philosophies on draft strategies and, and player acquisition being haphazard seemingly at times that, you know, I'm going to look to those teams with, that have been slow, steady, consistent for better performance early on and what that allows us to do for fantasy purposes look points come no matter where what the sticker is on the side of the helmet but in some of those places where there is a little bit more uncertainty and upheaval uh fantasy numbers usually result why because they're not good (laughs) i'm looking at you jacksonville but we'll talk about gardner Minshew soon enough this is how I've always played fantasy, and we we want to dive into draft strategy, but I do want to give bra- ba- a little background for the simple fact of this is going to be the 23rd year that I am playing with the group of friends that I've played with, and I've always been a one fantasy league guy, and it's been it's been this league. Branching out this year a little bit with this podcast, doing two leagues, so that's going to be different, but we ended up having our fantasy draft, and really for the first time, we weren't able to get about five guys together. Ten-guy league, there are years we had eight or nine guys together, maybe even ten. And drafts are different. And, and more mm-hmm. people uh, nowadays are doing it virtually, doing it on the site. But I think that the uh, the ability of the guy in your league who just bought his magazine or just started looking at rankings within the last 24 hours, I, I don't know. We'll find out how his team is. But the, the fact of the matter is he didn't have an opportunity to – talk himself out of a pick by looking at the magazine he could just look at the screen and see what the ranking said and then allowed him to pick all right it, it does save things now doesn't it, it saves you from yourself at <laughs> it times does. by the way don't ever let anyway this is this annoys me so much when i uh, in fantasy when people say like hey i auto picked and i finished fourth yeah auto pick allows you to not fail like the reason that teams are awful is because you out overthink a pick or you reach for a guy. Auto pick is actually really safe. And if you want to have a an okay team and maybe one that makes the playoffs and then who knows, auto pick because it'll just give you the best guy every single time atop the rankings and more times than not that's going to be better than you making a stupid decision but i would also say with that what freaking fun is that because it's there's no fun whatsoever preach dan yeah so when you hear people say like oh i auto draft my team well yeah then you're probably going to be all right because you aren't letting guys get past you like other other guys would Oh, that's so annoying. I just, I, I can't stand it. And by the you way, gotta, you got to exhale there, buddy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> then you, your face got red. You were thinking <laughs> about two people in your league specifically that you wanted to choke out. No, <laughs> no only one. <laughs> only one guy in our league. I tell you what, we're going to put you in the octagon together with these guys. <laughs> oh, just kidding, Smitty. Uh, no, just uh, 23 years in the league, as I mentioned. I honestly, Mike, have not changed my draft strategy. It's the same as it was now as it was in the late 1990s. And I know that the NFL has changed and PPR leagues are, are more the norm than, than they ever were before. But I just, when I look at draft strategies and I'm diving in, I'm still, uh, running backs are my guys. 
I, I just I, I think that the gaps that you have at other positions aren't as wide as they can be at running backs. And I and I still truly believe that running backs are the position that are going to win you weeks. Yeah, there's going to be a guy maybe, you know, having a 38, 40 point wide receiver game once in a while. But if you get that top running back in the, and we see this in, in a lot of the drafts, that's going to be able to win three or four weeks from you. I'm all with loading up on on the running back position, especially in this day and age where we don't know what COVID's going to do to these lineups. We don't know what's going to happen with these teams. The more good running backs that you can have, the better, in my opinion. Yeah, I think the uncertainty of the year as you go through, I mean, just look what they did with the practice squad, bumping that number up. Uh, So all the guys off last cuts will probably get at least one more shot to either catch on and get an extended look where they've been practicing or find they have no tape so they have that disadvantage sure. but still that's that many more jobs coming in i mean to put it in perspective dan last year uh if we were to say 15 touches per game you want to hazard a guess as to how many running backs average 15 touches mm. per game okay gosh i i would say um 15. I'll just say 15 for 15. All right. So you had 14 average 15 carries, 18 average 15 touches wow. per game. Think of all the running backs that we go through in the course of a year. I mean, that is that is not a, a heavy amount, and it yeah. shows just how much we've diversified in the backfields, right? Because you have your between the tackles guy, you have your pass catcher, and then you have your goal line vulture in sure. a lot of cases. So we're going three-man routines. And look, a number of these players you know, are active in the passing games. There's, there's no doubt about that. We see that versatility right at the top of the board when you, when you look at McCaffrey uh, off the jump. But it's just interesting to watch how this rolls through. And there's a few guys that'll make that list coming. They were just shy last year. Uh, guys like Kenyon Drake and, and Austin Eckler will probably get there really quick. Uh, Miles Sanders, you know, guys mm-hmm. that are right on that threshold in terms of, you know, fairly arbitrary number, but just we used to watch guys growing up that were 20 to 25 carries and then a couple of dump offs in the passing game uh we don't have that anymore Uh, we certainly have have watched that kind of go to the wayside uh we still put an emphasis on the cohesive uh five-man units up front but i'm with you the draft strategy even though we start seeing things tweak a little bit i mean look at the average draft draft placement of your wide receivers in the average first round in a PPR league again that's now the standard uh, for most I mean you've got eight running backs coming off the board Thomas Adams Jones and Hill are your four wideouts tight ends don't show up until the middle of the second round or late second round in Kelsey and Kittle otherwise it's all running backs it's all running backs Mm -hmm. yes Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson will find their way into those first three rounds but otherwise it is a mad dash for guys who are guaranteed touches and like you said for this year running back depth is going to be a key I don't think I've said the word handcuffing this much probably going back a good 10 to 15 years in the fantasy space is is tight end like baseball catchers you know when we, when you used to play fantasy baseball and like Mike Piazza was the guy, or or is it now because of the emergence of guys like Darren Waller, uh, Evan Ingram, the Mark Andrews guys who are maybe just below that Kittle Kelsey sort of thing? Where are we when it comes to those tight ends when you when you're trying to draft? Because I just I just remember back in the day, 
I mean, you know, Mike Piazza was like just better than everybody else. You're like, all right, I got to get the catcher on Piazza. Is there any similarities with that with the tight end position or is that kind of closed because of the guys that are in second and third tiers? It's funny. You could get me to go into a baseball rant about why the DH needs to be forever in both leagues, uh, citing catchers and second baseman along the way. But we'll save that for another podcast. Here we're talking the National Football League and tight ends. You've got Kelsey. you got Waller. They're both uh, 90-plus catches. Uh, Waller will be a huge uh, addition once again. He'll be the key, right? Because even with all those new weapons, I'm not so convinced Derek Carr is suddenly winging it downfield a bunch. But there, there's the drop-off to that next level. You, you look at Austin Hooper uh, and you know Zach Hurts can't stay healthy. Plus, you have Dallas Goddard there who mm-hmm. became a bigger, bigger factor last year. I mean, to put it in perspective, you had two guys at 90-plus, three guys between 75 and 88 catches, three between 60 and 69 and then four guys, 50 to 59. I mean, that gives us right there 12 guys. So in terms of your drop-off, you know, and Andrews was a a red zone guy, right? Can you bank on that level of dominance? So to me, I think we're still at the point with the tight end that we were all those years ago when it was Shannon Sharp and Tony Gonzalez Mm -hmm. and then everybody else. Like Much like going after Patrick Mahomes and – Lamar Jackson at the top of the draft, there's going to be this gap three, four rounds before you see another player at the position come off. And I think tight end is very much the same. When you when you talk about what about wide receivers going first um, in you, you mentioned that top four that that we mm-hmm. seem of of Michael Thomas and Devontae Adams and then Julio and, and Tyreek Hill. I, you know, I, I would the reason I don't like to go that route and I just I I look at it and I don't know just take Cam Akers the running back for the Rams like if you're looking like all right do I do I really want Cam Akers to be my top running back right the only reason I say that is because if you're gonna go wide receiver wide receiver now all of a sudden you're like all right who's gonna lead my backfield and depending on how your rosters are set up whether it be three wide receivers and two running backs just still you just you don't know. Cam, Cam Akers may be awesome, but there are also weeks when you have wide receivers that are going to have a you know a five catch forty five yard game, and the the monster games that I talk of, I'm just I'm not fair about. Or I just I'm I'm not a big fan of of. That's why like I would rather take the running back and then the top top running back in those drafts, and then take my chances a little bit further down on the wide receiver list. Just because if you were to tell me afterwards, would you rather have you know Cam Akers and Michael Thomas, or would you rather have Lockett and Dalvin Cook? So. Yeah, I think when it comes down to, to wide receivers, to your point, you've got those guys that have become more or less safety valves or the, the quarterback's myopic. However you choose to view it, uh, the fact is, you know, you know Michael Thomas is going to get his double-digit target count as long as he's healthy and on sure. the field. That's just the way it's going to work. Whether Drew Brees is on the field or some hybrid of Jameis Winston or Taysom Hill this year uh and look winston may throw it to the other team as often as he hits thomas but sorry obligatory Jameis winston interception joke here uh but you you look at the stats just from last year and i think this bears out over the last couple is you have that small group of players right at the top that are at that hundred catch mark and it's you know again the shading towards the the ppr norm that we've hit you got 28 guys that caught between 80 and 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 100 balls last year 
right? Between 80 and 99, 28. That's not a lot of differential. So now it becomes a, all right, pick your poison. Running back position, just as we talked about a little bit earlier, the number of touches that guys are piling up goes fast. So as much as you want to take a a shot at one of these running backs early that they're going to be the main provider and and look all the hype train is there and Edwards Hilaire I think is the guy that comes up most because he's being drafted in a lot of leagues in the middle of the first round oh yeah I are, buy are, it yeah I'm, you, I'm all in yeah are you in it but are you in at that price like I'm not in at that price <laughs> I, I am but I, I'm, I'm, I'm fearful that there's so. a second guy a third guy a fourth well, guy that's going to factor into that back yeah field. so in, in that spot I would I would look if you told me all right take him or take Michael Thomas I'm taking the wide receiver sure sure right I mean that's it's it's now becomes a point of value uh, and opportunity NFL total access the podcast is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL draft I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Juan Gabriel, Juan Selena, Selena, Celia Cruz, Azúcar, Harold G, La Bichota, Christina Aguilera, Extina, just to name a few. We're serving the whole story from rags to riches and all the tea in between. I'm Liliana Vasquez and I'm Joseph Carrillo and we're the host of Becoming an Icon season two. Guess who's back in the house? And we're bringing you even more stories behind the world's biggest stars in Latin music. Certified Latin royals. Consider us your star sleuths, your chisme besties, digging beneath los mejores éxitos to bring you everything you didn't know about your favorite Latin icons. Hey, you know what, my boo? You're my favorite icon. Aw, Joseph. Listen to Becoming an Icon, part of the Michael Cotto Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glazer Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glazer Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glazer Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glazer Podcast. To start listening. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, 
business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. You know, the quick point, and, and, and maybe this transitions as we look at average dress, uh, draft position with stuff. By the way, I do want to let people know, uh, we have a Twitter site for this show. It's at I Want Your Flex, and you can also get Mike on Twitter at Swollen Dome, and I'm at Dan Beyer on Fox. If you want to hit us up, we'd love to hear from you. But when you talk about those top two receivers and Michael uh, Thomas and Devontae Adams, uh, I, I think a lot of people are interested in the, the season Aaron Rodgers has, and we don't know how many seasons left uh, Drew Brees has. So when you're you know looking at keeper leagues, all of that stuff can can end up factoring. Sure. In, in your decision, the Clyde Edwards-Hilaire situation, I, I'm curious on your thoughts because I was talking with uh, the executive producer of the uh, the podcast, uh, Lee DeLapp, and I believe I mentioned to Lee that the difference between snaps and carries is a big deal. And I just brought it up in Kansas City because we hear that Daryl Williams may uh, have an opportunity to uh, split snaps with Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Uh, coming up Thursday in that Texans Chiefs game, and point being is okay. Are they is is he going to split snaps because he's going to be pass blocking, or who's going to get those carries sure. and that sort of thing? And those are those are decisions, and those are things that when you hear, I think you really have to kind of look a little bit closer at at those situations as well. Yeah, and this is where you you get into a little nervousness on you know what we're going to see. Talking about this being a different year, uh, and certainly it's a team that comes back pretty much intact especially on that yep. offensive line, right? So this becomes the, the pick-your-poison when it comes to Edwards-Hilaire in terms of how the offense shakes out. Do you expect a regression? Well, Patrick Mahomes didn't put up the pinball numbers last year. That was the year before, mm-hmm. right? But in terms of spreading the ball around uh, and taking what what's given, it, I always fear offenses in this regard uh, of who's going to whether he's going to get to carry the mail often enough and maybe 12 to 15 touches is more than enough to dominate again talking about how quickly things dissipate in terms of workloads and things being siphoned off in Mm -hmm. most offenses so if you expect the Chiefs to return to more of a 2018 form, i.e. Patrick Mahomes doesn't have any health concerns. Tyreek Hill's there for the full season. Nicole Hardman steps up and assumes a bigger role. Oh, and that Kelsey guy's pretty good, too. He doesn't block, but he's pretty good downfield. Uh, that, you know, Edwards Hilaire should have gaping holes to run behind well, Mitchell Schwartz and that offensive line, but then it comes down to workload splits uh, and, and expectations, and I, and I think that's the curiosity, as you say, with snaps. And right now, you're you're trying to go on gut, and usually I'll go for the guy where I've seen it work a bit, instead of especially in the first round, reaching out for a guy like that who else is are people reaching for that you see when it comes to average draft position guys that are are maybe 
I don't know, just being taken way before than they actually should be. Well, I mean, I, I think if, if we start with the, the quarterback position, you know, you've got the fifth and seventh quarterbacks coming off the board are, are Kyler Murray and, and Josh Allen. And just nervousness. Now, where they are in terms of overall ADP, they're fine because they're, you know, seventh, eighth, sure. tenth round. But in terms of quarterback value, you know, you're banking on for Josh Allen just saying, okay, Stephon Diggs is there, so obviously the passing side rises. Maybe, maybe not. Still some concern. Look, I like Josh Allen. I love watching. That's three hours of entertainment for me. Because every play, I have no idea what's coming. But it's going to look spectacular. But if the run part of things gets taken away a bit, right? He scored 17 touchdowns on the ground the last two years. If suddenly the touchdowns disappear either through Moss and or Singletary or some combination thereof, then his value plummets. Sure, you got the yards, but if he's not scoring yeah. the touchdowns, same thing with, with Kyler Murray. A lot, of, a lot of his value came via his, his running ability a year ago. Well, how much does that translate? I mean, obviously excited about the weapons and adding DeAndre Hopkins. There's no question. And Kenyon Drake... Uh, when sh- given his opportunity, got himself out of Miami and, and away he went. Uh, but it, it's still, you know, when you've got guys that their legs are, are a big part of their value, and it, it's yeah. hard it's hard to buy in. I say that while I'm still bullish on Lamar Jackson, as everybody says, well, there'll be a regression. It's like, all right, off of what? Right. If you want to tell me he's going to give up some of the running, I tell you the passing game's probably better. Sure. Yeah, the ball's going to be in his hands. It's going to go some one way or the other. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, it's it's one of those things. And I and I backed Harbaugh last year when he was asked, "Hey, are you going to keep him healthy by taking his touches away?" And he laughed and he said, "Well, no. That's why he's as effective as he is." I defended that. Everybody's saying, "Well, it's going to be a short run." I'm like, "Okay, so it's eight year career instead of twelve. I think I think they'll give up the back end." to try to maximize the player he is today, which is why I still have him as, you know, my he's my number one ahead of Mahomes. But uh, when we start getting into the, the middle of that QB1, I think, you know, we're reaching for the shiny new toy perhaps a little little more aggressively than we should be. I, I, I can get some of the Kyler Murray stuff. The Josh Allen stuff that I just that I would be so afraid of is if I'm down eight points going into Monday Night Football and you're like, I've got Josh Allen. Um, like if you had Ben Roethlisberger or uh, let's just say any of the other 31 starting quarterbacks in the National Football League, you're like, okay, I feel pretty good. And and you just wonder if that's going to be the game. Like when it's when you are like just being like, okay, just get 160 yards passing. Like that's <laughs> that's all that I need. And it's a grind. At the fantasy player that I am, I can't live like that. Like that is not like. And so that's why like the the Josh Allen stuff scares me. Like Kyler Murray. You know what? I think the Cardinals are going to be a much better football team. They may be in a shootout. They could also be in a game maybe where they're down twenty and could sure. get some of that stuff. But uh, Buffalo just isn't built like that. It's that's just one of the scary things with with the quarterback of, you know, a quarterback quarterback can win you some games. You know, Lamar Jackson was magnificent last year, but there that's also a position too that can lose you. You get decent production from your running backs, maybe your your wide receiver number two has his career game, and then all of a sudden your quarterback puts up a stinker, and you're like, 
great. Where am I? That's the one thing that worries me about uh, Josh Allen in that aspect. So I'm, I'm with you on that. What yeah. about what about running back and wide receivers? Anybody standing out? Uh, Nick Chubb, because I think you're going to see more Kareem Hunt. Yeah, I, I had Chubb so. written down too. Yeah, I, I think there there's danger zone there based on his his placement as a uh, mid to late uh, RB one, and expecting that everything in Cleveland suddenly works with Stefanski which is what I, I see a lot of folks doing with their fantasy boards, much like last year. Uh, Alvin Kamara right now uh, is the sixth running back, even before the contract stuff. A uh, bit touchdown dependent. I mean, you got Latavius Murray, who had a huge workload last year. Talk about Kamara and his health. Uh, you, you've got Emmanuel Sanders comes in. You still have you know, all these other weapons and Drew Brees distributing the ball in the red zone. Uh, Kamara's touchdown total dropped in half last year. So I'm still a little nervous uh, about him. And then, you know, I mentioned Austin Eckler earlier and look, he's great. The the workout videos and the fact that the guy is swole as can be is fantastic. Seem, seems to be a guy who's appreciative of what he's built in the league coming from the undrafted spot to where he is now. But you've got Joshua Kelly, you've got Justin Jackson. They're going to be in as part of the workload. And I, I would suspect Kelly's going to be your guy in and around the goal line, given some of Eckler's past issues of ball security. And so that's why when we start looking at his value, uh, not to mention the style of offense we're going to run here, which means I think we see more of Jackson and Kelly as well, because Tyrod Taylor uh, or Tarod, sorry, I got to get right. Tarod Taylor, even with Keenan Allen, congratulations on that new contract. Mike Williams is a bit banged up. Hunter Henry is ready for now. Sorry, mm-hmm. love the talent, can't stay on the field. Uh, that, but Tarod Taylor's not a guy that's going to be spraying the ball all over the place. So Correct. we'll play run, run in defense like we're back in the '80s and early '90s which means I think you're going to need all three of those guys. Hence, it mutes Eckler's value a bit. I, I, I want to say one thing about Nick Chubb, because I've, I've felt this way about the Browns the entire offseason, is, you know, you look at Stefanski, and, and, and I mean, he was with the Vikings for so long, but the, the latest body of work was Dalvin Cook. And, you know, Kareem Hunt reminds me more of Dalvin Cook than Nick Chubb does. Mm-hmm. And Nick Chubb uh, inside the five-yard line wasn't ideal. This is also a team that you mentioned earlier uh, has Austin Hooper that they brought in or paying $10 million to um, you know, on an annual basis. So now you've got a timeshare. Well, you're splitting snaps in the backfield. You've got a tight end that you want to get the ball to. And you still have to figure out the Odell Beckham Jr. thing, which I still don't get. Like, I made a of, of average draft position. I don't get the OBJ stuff. I, I he's on I, the list too. Yeah, absolutely. outside of the name, I just give me, you give know, me Jarvis Landry five rounds. Absolutely, later. I agree with that. And then and then you try to think of like Baker Mayfield was trying to feed all of those mouths last year, and now you add Hooper to the mix. Or to the mix, how is that going to shake out? So those are yeah, those are Cleveland's got a couple of guys that that I was a little worried about, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm right with you with Nick Chubb. Well, and I get to yell, Hooper drives the boat, Chief. <laughs> Oftentimes, anytime I can cite Jaws on the podcast and in our fantasy yelling down the hall, I've won. 
NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Juan Gabriel, Juanquis, Selena, Selena, Celia Cruz, Azúcar, Carol G, La Bichota, Christina Aguilera, Extina, just to name a few. We're serving the whole story from rags to riches and all the tea in between. I'm Liliana Vasquez and I'm Joseph Carrillo and we're the host of Becoming an Icon season two. Guess who's back in the house? And we're bringing you even more stories behind the world's biggest stars in Latin music. Certified Latin royalty. Consider us your star sleuths, your chisme besties, digging beneath los mejores éxitos to bring you everything you didn't know about your favorite Latin icons. Hey, you know what, my boo? You're my favorite icon. Aw, Joseph. Listen to Becoming an Icon, part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glazer Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glazer Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glazer Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glazer Podcast to start listening. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating Cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So, listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. We got a preview of the Texans Chiefs coming up because that's the first uh, game of the season. We talk about average draft position, but we can also look at that in a way of like expectations, who we think is going to make, uh, reach those expectations, who we think is going to fail. I wrote a couple of guys down from the quarterback position. Who do you think reaches expectations or exceeds expectations? Or is there anybody that you're just like, 
you know, it's not going to be like 2019. I got three veterans, right? If, right. I, if I'm going to bash on the uh, young guys, I got to stand up for the old guys. Yes, absolutely. Uh, so number one is Aaron Rodgers. Ooh, all right. Much to our executive producer, Lee Delaps Delight. Uh, I, th- I think he's been written off too soon. <laughs> Uh, some continuity in that offense. You've got multiple running backs that can get the job done. Uh, Lazard, a guy that we're looking at late. Lee and I were talking about him uh, a little bit as as we're we're getting ready for this. And with Devontae Adams getting it done. Not to mention, you know, you want to show up the kid that's standing sure. on the sidelines a little bit. So maybe some of the safety that Rodgers had played with the last couple of years, he finally flips off the world and gets back to wing the ball a little bit, right? The safe, I'll throw it away. Kind of like Brady last year, right? I I think a lot of Brady's, you know, people going after what he did, I don't know that they went back and watched tapes. Like, they didn't have separation. So what do he do? Throw it in the dirt threw it out of bounds, lived to see another play mm-hmm. instead of trying to force the ball in to a wide receiver who wasn't on the spot. And I think with Aaron Rodgers, there's a little bit of that as well between injuries of his own, but in that receiving core, how, how did you build any continuity with anybody outside of Adams? Yeah, like They're I, all first and second year guys. I, I also think this as well is Green Bay is not going to win 13 games this season. So there's probably no. going to be games where they're going to be losing. Can, at, can, can I know. just jump on that for a second? Yeah. Folks that say, hey, look how close they were, go back and watch those games <laughs> against the 49ers and then tell me how close they were. Yeah. There's, Period. There's, yeah, there's a difference between one game away and being close. That That's what you had with the Packers. All right, so outside of Rodgers, <laughs> who else is on the uh, – uh, whether it exceeds expectations at the quarterback position, who's going to fail to meet him, who else you got? All right, in terms of the other two low guys, uh, I'm looking all the way down, and I mentioned him briefly early, is Gardner Minshew. You know my guy, DJ Chark, and mm-hmm. not because we do that stupid uh, – baby shark song which some folks wonder if it didn't open a portal to hell for 2020 that is something i want a deep dive investigation on dan meyer uh but the fact that look defensively they're not going to be good which means for fantasy purposes especially for those that are starting to go into super flex leagues or two qb leagues this is a guy that's going to be great value being drafted uh in 27th 28th among quarterbacks but the other guy i'm looking at because I, I know we agree on another one i'm going to let you talk about oh boy him, is kirk, i like kirk cousins with okay. gary kubiak that I, I think there could be a lot of good there. I know they lose Stephon Diggs, but you got Irv Smith. You have got Rudolph in a diminished capacity. We talk about Dalvin Cook a little bit there uh, and Adam Thielen getting it done. I, I, and Jefferson, the rookie, comes in as well. So you've got plenty of, of options in the passing game. Uh, I think he's a guy that's being undersold because right now he's being drafted as a back-end number two. I, I love Matthew Stafford. Boom! That that I mean, when you look at what Stafford was on pace for last year, the the interceptions were down. You were on you was on pace for five thousand yards and thirty eight touchdowns, and uh, with Kenny Galladay, who I, I think is is magnificent. If T.J. Hawkinson can stay healthy, you've got other wide receivers there, and now you've got a running game uh, that you hope will continue with the drafting of DeAndre Swift, and you still have Kerry and Johnson there. You just signed uh, Taylor Decker to the extension. I think the Lions are loaded on offense, and so I am I am all about Matthew 
Stafford. I, I think he's a legit starting quarterback in any fantasy format that you have. 10 teams, 12 teams, 14 teams. I am all on Stafford. And I'll make this one quick, Mike. Go ahead. Because I think something should be pointed out. You're usually not drafting uh, the 30th ranked quarterback that you sometimes see. But I do believe that there is something with Ryan Fitzpatrick in Miami. And I know like when Fitzmagic gets crazy and we all love it and then he brings us back to reality. But I think that there was something there in the last five games. And I am not sold that the Dolphins want to uh, to be on the field early, especially when you're facing New England, Buffalo and San Francisco nope. early on in the season. That probably isn't the best way to go about it even though we've gotten some good news on uh, on Tua making mm-hmm. that stretch. In the conversations that we've had all offseason, I just keep on hearing it's fine if Herbert and Tua sit. And, and, and the number that Fitz has put up, Preston Williams is now healthy there. I'm not a huge believer in Jordan Howard, so I think he may have to throw a, a little bit more. Ryan Fitzpatrick as a bye week guy, depending on the right matchup, or a late, late quarterback, or if you're in a two-quarterback lead, I, uh, I I think that Ryan Fitzpatrick would actually make you happy. I like that, bringing in Preston Williams as well. And another guy that people he slides off the radar. Look, and the wide receiver position, as we were talking about earlier, Dan, gets uh, crowded. Uh, in a hurry after the elite sure. guys, but uh, I like that. The, like if, the beard, no question. <laughs> 365, 245, 279, 419, and 320. Those were the passing yardage numbers that Fitzpatrick had in the last five games last year to go along with 10 touchdowns in those last five games. See, so, and you also have Matt Breida there as yeah, well. Yeah. So they're, they're, from- he's a sneaky sneaky deep uh, draft choice as well uh, let's uh, let's quick dive to the running backs and wide receivers of guys who will exceed or uh, or uh, fail in those expectations well the ouster of uh, Leonard Fournette in Jacksonville creates opportunities uh, Raquel Armstead will, will get the first chair uh, well, assuming he gets gets healthy and ready to go because you know as you and I sit down to talk uh, he was on the the covid restricted list mm-hmm. uh, short term. So that means you've got Ozigbo and you've got Chris Thompson. Uh, and Thompson's the guy I focus on long term because he's the pass catcher. And again, going owing back to the fact that this defense isn't going to be very good, at least I don't think they're going to be very good. Sure. That means more Minshew and more uh, check downs, more shots downfield for sure, but certainly opportunities out of the backfield. Uh, I think Le'Veon Bell is being underdrafted he and Adam Gase may fight on the sideline before it's all said and done. Uh, but as an RB22, you're really telling me they're going to give – I mean, I love Frank Gore. The fact that I got to watch Frank Gore Jr. <laughs> play college football really put me in my place yeah. this past week. Uh-huh. But, look, Bell does so many things on the field that Gore can't. So I, I assume a bigger role for him. Uh, and last year, he had he had a good touch count. Look for more there. Uh, J.K. Dobbins in Baltimore real quick. Uh, Mark Ingram, you know, a little older, so looking for a, a little balance uh, in the force there. At the wide receiver position, Christian Kirk, as much as I may not sure. believe on uh, yeah. number five for Kyler Murray, I think there's still stuff to be gained here. When you're talking about Hopkins, you still got – Steady, reliable Larry Fitzgerald on the other side. Drake out of the backfield. That means safeties have a lot to, you know, keep the head on a swivel. That means opportunities for Kirk downfield. Preston Williams, you mentioned. And then in Las Vegas, it'll be interesting. There's two guys I like there. You've got Anderson and you've got Hunter Renfro. In the PPR league, 
Hunter Renfro could catch 80 balls. Right again, just mm-hmm. the way Derek Carr operates, yeah. the opportunity is there uh, for big production. Anderson might be the guy that's a little more of a work down field, you know, he rugs, etc. So an opportunity there. One last one. Uh, go back to New Orleans, and again, the way Drew Brees operates his offense. Emmanuel Sanders is basically like making a trade for a bag of balls right now, for fantasy purposes. He is just such a gross afterthought. After those, you know, headliners of Kamara and Thomas, sure. uh, and even Cook to that matter. But you've got, you know, Sanders being drafted as a low end number four. Certainly, again, up upside both from the PPR and from the red zone opportunist. Um, I told you, and I think we even talked about this uh, when we uh, we did a show together last week. I love Scotty Miller with mm-hmm. the Buccaneers, and he is probably the ninth guy on that offense that you would talk about. But if there's one thing that I've always was told with Tom Brady is Tom Brady doesn't look to beat you. Um, uh, he, he doesn't look for the perfect play is what I'm saying. He looks for the weakness in the defense, and when you have all of those weapons that they have, it's why Wes Welker and it's why Julian Edelman um, <laughs> made their careers. And I mean, we're, we're having Hall of Fame discussion t- right. conversations about Julian Edelman, and it, it, I just think that Scotty Miller ends up filling that role in Tampa and is going to be much more productive than, than people think. It's all right. funny because you, you bring him up because yeah. I had Mike Evans on that I don't know list. Yeah, I, Godwin, same thing. Like, I think they're awesome. I just have no idea on how it's going to be split. And I think that, you know, I don't, I don't know if Brady's going to have favorites or not, and that's just what we don't know. I, I'm not I, I'm not sure, but I do know that Scotty Miller will see some, uh, see some action. Yeah, All I think right. just owing to the uh, spread the ball around and the fact that Brady likes his tight ends, which mm-hmm. he has three of, uh, and the running backs out of the backfield. So that's the curiosity yeah. here. Yeah. No kidding. Gosh, not with Fournette there. Scotty Miller truly is like ninth. Ninth. <laughs> All right. This is, this is actually going to be good. Okay. We've got a game to talk about. Yeah, we Texans do. and Chiefs. There's no way you're going to bench Mahomes. There's no way you're going to uh, you know, bench Deshaun Watson, the the uh, newly paid quarterback. What what do we look? You're you're playing Travis Kelsey. You're playing Tyreek Hill. Uh, you're playing Clyde Edwards Hilaire. I I don't don't even worry about that stuff. What do we what do we look for in this Texans Chiefs matchup? Both games were barn burners. Texans won the regular season, and we know what happened in the divisional playoffs. Yeah. The Chiefs rallied from that twenty four nothing deficit to uh, to put a hurting on Houston. Well, it's really been sticking in Bill O'Brien's craw this whole off season. Now, they're, look, they're going to wing it around. Congratulations to both of them uh, and the, both Mahomes and Watson on their nearly $1 billion contract <laughs> extensions uh, in the offseason. Good God, man. <laughs> Let's think about that for a second. Wow. But the the idea that, you know, you, look, it's the you, you play them all, right? Both defenses, as much as you may like them for the season, if you're going to start them in week one, just assume you'll have one or two sacks maybe one or two turnovers, but you're not lighting up the scoreboard. This is not one where you're getting fat with a big double-digit performance for your defense, at least, you know, coming in. And for for Houston, obviously it helps that, you know, off the jump, we expect a healthy J.J. Watt, which we sure. haven't. We don't get to see very often uh, for long stretches anymore. So maybe they're able to disrupt things with Mahomes and, and, and company early, but I would expect some shots downfield. You know, test the timing and communication and coordination of the secondaries. That goes for both offenses. Yeah. And for Deshaun Watson, uh, I think a guy that, you know, wants to prove he's he's in that elite and that he can do it without 
that elite number one wide receiver. I think some of the most contested stuff from a fantasy perspective is how much value those individual wideouts have for Houston. You know the numbers are going to be there, but do you trust Brandon Cooks? Maybe, maybe not. Do you look at, you know, some of the yeah. other options that are that are in that offense, trying to figure out which is going to Randall Cobb? They paid a lot of money for him to show up. I'm I'm all in on Will Fuller for Week One for, for two Week reasons. One. Yes, yeah, for for two reasons. Number one, and, he's, and I'll say this: he's on my team, and I'm gonna I, I am gonna play him. Number one, so I sure can have him and to watch Thursday night. But also, he's the one with the rapport with Watson as opposed mm-hmm. to Cobb and Brandon Cooks. And injury-wise, like, Will Fuller always gets hurt. Yes, So he does. if there's a chance that he can be you know, like – Right now, we know he's not hurt. There's no previous injury that he's dealing with. So now is your best chance to play him. So I am all in on playing Will Fuller in week one against the Kansas City Chiefs. I play, I mean, if I had him and Cooks, there's no doubt I would put Fuller ahead of him just because you don't know what's going to happen in week two or three. But I'm, I'm all in on Will Fuller, the V. Get those our, Roman numeral trainings once again. All right, our three point conversion. Leave them with three things they need to take away from today's podcast, Mike. Number one draft running backs play them in every opportunity take the touches and move on two uh even though your strategy is the same uh remember week to week be vigilant of where teams are headed uh and all of because we've got a lot of variables coming into into this so you're gonna have to watch the news probably more than you ever have before And, and number three i think for me it, it comes down to you know, plan the work, work the plan. You you went in with a draft strategy and you had conviction about players. Week one's not every year we do the same thing. The gross overreaction to week one. Don't do it. So when I'm, that trade offer comes to you, Dan, yeah. you know, after Monday night football ends, remember to take pause before you jump on it. I'm gonna I'm gonna set my uh three that that we leave you with like this, all in letter form. C E H I'm all in on Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, especially in week one. So mm-hmm. uh, we all remember what Kareem Hunt did a few years ago in his rookie uh, debut. Uh, OBJ, stay away. So remember That's to stay good. away from Odell Beckham Jr. And the V, Will Fuller. Yeah, make sure you play him <laughs> on Thursday night. Victory! So C-E-H, OBJ, and V, remember that. You should uh, be good. We're going to be back with you Friday morning. Heck, uh, all day Friday, whenever you can give us a chance. But a brand new episode coming up on Friday. That's when we'll look ahead to the full week one schedule and also take a look back at what happened with the Texans and Chiefs. Mike, this is fun. We'll do it again in a few days. Just getting warmed up, baby. Uh, Get those helmets colliding like we're back in the old school (laughs) intros and we're good to go. We'll get some video of that for sure. Get Mike on Twitter at Swollen Dome. I'm at Dan Byer on Fox and, of course, the show site at I Want Your Flex. You can tweet us with questions leading into week one. We'll talk to you on Friday. Hey, Drew Scott here, and I'm Jonathan Scott, reminding you that life's better with a home policy from American Family Insurance. They can help you get just the right protection at just the right price and help you save when you bundle home and auto. 
Kind of like Goldilocks and the Three Bears. It'll be just right for you. We love a custom build. American Family Insurance. Insure carefully. Dream fearlessly. Get a quote and find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at First, first listen. listen. This season... We're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge Podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.